Hi there, this is Sage Faulkner, and this is the Chama Peak Land Alliance Farm and Ranch Podcast. These are previously aired live recordings from the Farm and Ranch radio show on 96.1 FM KXJR. We appreciate the opportunity to share these recordings with you, and if you have questions, you can always reach me, sage at chamapeak.org. There may be old or outdated announcements throughout the show. Please disregard. Thank you again for making time to listen. Our website is www.chamapeak.org. Thanks to CPLA, KXJR, and the many members and guests who have contributed to this podcast. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day. Today is actually, we're rolling into solstice and um, it's always a special marking of the changing of seasons and so again thank you guys for joining us on the farm and ranch show i don't have a guest today but i'm actually going to just do some updates and then just visit a little bit about who chama peak land alliance is and some of the things that we do so this show is kind of just going to be geared around chama peak land alliance and they're they're the sponsor of the radio show and as many of you know they're um my employer i've been a program manager so this this discussion will kind of come to you today from the eyes of a program manager. And um, I'll just kind of go over some of the highlights of who Chama Peak Land Alliance is. And, and basically, it's a group of, of ranch owners that came together um, who wanted to practice responsible land, water, and wildlife stewardship. We reach from southern Colorado into northern New Mexico. And conservation is a, is a big part of the commonality in Chama Peak Land Alliance. We're farmers, we're ranchers, we're landowners, we're loggers, we're outfitters, hunters, gardeners, um, conservationists, wildlife advocates. Um, a lot of different things bring us together. And Chama Peak Land Alliance is a nonprofit um, We've got a board of directors, so I'm going to visit with you a little bit about our board of directors. Our current chair, chairman is Tim Harmon, and Tim is up at Banded Peak Ranch. And our vice chair is Aaron Jones, and Aaron, of course, is at Rancho Oso del Pardo. Um, other board members include Nick Olson, Jeb Binkley, Peter Harris, Sarah DeMay, Chris Mack, Robert Farrell, and Tina Martinez, and what a great group of folks we are lucky to work with in that capacity, and, and they just give us some guidance. Then um, our executive director is Caleb Stotts, and Caleb has been with CPLA for a couple of years. I just came on board last year. I'm the program manager. Um, so we work in concert with the board of directors. They give us our guidance, and then we work with several contractors um, throughout the area. A lot of our focus, um, we have programs, and our, our programs are forest and watershed health, wildlife and fisheries, climate and water, sustainable agriculture, education and economy, and public policy, policy for conservation. And so those are the, the main areas that Chama Peak Land Alliance um, likes to engage and and a lot of what that means for me is because it's a landowners alliance we act 
as resource for landowners in this area. And then those specific programs are areas where we have contractors available and we know resources. So um, maybe you're new to the area and you bought a piece of land and you're really worried about some erosion um, into a stream in your area. And so you just don't know really where to start. And so you could reach out to us and membership is free. You can always go to our website. It's chamapeak.org. You can join up. Membership is free. You'll get a, a monthly newsletter, um, and then you can sign up and, and get information in particular areas. And then you can reach out to us, send an email, say, Sage, I'm, you know, I'm really concerned about this erosion issue on this particular piece of property. And um, a lot of times we'll come out and we can do a site visit with you and get some boots on the ground and some eyes on your concerns. And then we can come back to our pool of resources and say, okay, this might fit. Uh, maybe we need to reach out to this person. Maybe we have a grant or a funding project available where we can actually do some, some project work ourselves. And we start to try and, and bring those resources together for that landowner. Um, so again, our program areas, I'm gonna go over them again because I think they're really important. Forest and watershed health, wildlife and fisheries, climate and water, sustainable agriculture, education and economy, and public policy for conservation. And so sometimes the, you know, the, the different areas, um, we've been working a lot in forest and watershed health. We've got a couple of thinning projects. We're, we're constantly collaborating with different groups, with our state forestry folks, um, some with federal folks, with contractors, with other nonprofits, with utilities um, that know that their water comes from this watershed, so they very much value the health of the forest in this area. And so um, we collaborate with all those different folks, with 232 partnership, with um, just a lot of the different forest health initiatives that are going on in the area. And just so you guys know, Caleb's background is in forestry, so we've got some incredible resources right there, just having his knowledge um, on the ground for that. And then, so we may participate in a thinning project um, or just different things that, that are trying to work towards landscape forest health. Then the next really big one for us, of course, is watershed health. Um, and so it's tied directly into forest health. If, if the trees aren't healthy, then that probably means our water coming down into the into the creeks and into the rivers isn't maybe getting to us in, in a in a healthy manner and then there's just different things that we can do to to monitor and establish and work towards watershed health. And of course you can't live here and not be amazed by the wildlife and, and the fishing um, fisheries in this area. So maintaining um, viability in our wildlife and fisheries is, is a really important piece of that. And a lot of times that actually includes a hunting component because it manages the wildlife and gives us an opportunity to um, put some money back into those areas. And this area, again, Caleb and I were just looking at this. Um, for the most part, we're about 45 to 50% private land. So the private land in this area is such a key component for wildlife and fishery health. And um, we see a lot of really amazing 
conservation happening geared towards wildlife and fisheries on, on a lot of the private land in this area. And so um, we've got some resources there. We've got um, contacts, different groups that we can collaborate with if, if you need those kind of resources. And um, again, we just, we've got some really neat resources out there and, and this is such a spectacular and special area. And then under climate and water, um, so for me coming from agriculture, water has always been um, such an important part of agriculture, particularly in the, the arid southwest where it's um, a resource that has to be taken care of and honored. And um, as many of my my Hispanic friends like to tell me, um, agua es el vida, water is life, and it's um, certainly true here. That's that's why we have communities that have been here for hundreds of years. It's because they were able to come in and and have water and and grow livestock and and food and hunt and scavenge and and those kind of things as well. Um, but the water is such an important part of that. And, and as weather changes and challenges arise, uh, our water resources become even more important. And, um, you know, with these shifting systems and shifting weather, it, it's somewhat changing how our water is getting to us. And so we have to try and stay on top of it and manage it. And um, I know I've talked a little bit in the past about the 50-year outlook that is coming to us from the New Mexico State Engineer's Office, and um, they, of course, manage our water rights. So um, for all of us, we need to stay on top of that because if we don't have water in our ditches, then it doesn't matter what water rights we've got. You know, 0% of nothing is, is nothing. So um, we want to make sure we're thinking ahead and um, certainly we're seeing the New Mexico Asequia Association having to just really amp up and, and do a lot of work for the Asequias that are in the Mora area and that were so damaged by the destructive fires over there and that you know they're going into the second year of, of ditches filling with silt and, and not being able to irrigate and work needed on the ground and and so, you know, we can learn from that in this area and try and make sure we are planning ahead for fire management and planning ahead to take care of our acequias. So those are some places we work a lot with the New Mexico Acequia Association and um, try and amplify their efforts in the area for our water stuff. Um, there's, there's just some really important work that they're doing and um, we appreciate all the efforts that they and many others are doing on, on water. Um, and then of course, education and economy is a fun one. Um, being a parent, education is really important to, to me and also to Chama Peak Land Alliance and I, I really appreciate that alignment there. Um, we work some with 4-H clubs, with FFA groups, with schools, with um, projects that come in the area and maybe try and teach about conservation. There's a lot of really good ag programs out there and, and we try and amplify those. New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau has some great programs through their ag in the classroom efforts um, and we're always happy to again provide those resources for school teachers in the area if you want a component of agriculture 
in your classroom, we are so happy to um, make that connection for you and, and help put those resources together for you because education that you know the the youth they're the future stewards and caretakers of this ecosystem and this land and this water and so if we can teach them now the the value and important role that they have um, I think that just helps lean our future in a positive direction and so we try and participate where we can there and um, economy of course is a huge one and, and we see this in rural communities throughout New Mexico, throughout Colorado, throughout the Southwest, the West. Um, rural economies struggle and uh, it's important that we make sure we support the key economic builders in the area and, and make sure that um, we are active and help where we can. So Chama Peak Land Alliance um, will definitely step in there if there's a need to support those economic drivers or, or different things that are going on in rural communities. Um, one of my favorite things that we do in that area is we actually do scholarships um, for Escalante and Pagosa and we also offer it to Dulce. And um, those, those scholarships just help get rural kids who are connected to this land out and get them an education and then hopefully wherever they go whether they come back here or whether they go out to a different place in the world they're they're they have a commitment and a um, understanding of the needs of rural communities that they've come from and and a lot of times we see some really incredible folks bringing back um, components to the education that you know that were those kind of scholarship recipients and and they understand that stewardship piece. Um, and then good old public policy. So policy is always one that I, I watch with a wary eye just because I don't personally tend to be much of a politician. I tend to, um, whatever somebody tells me, I take it at face value and I believe it wholeheartedly. And I, I will say I'm learning in policy that that may not always necessarily be the case. And um, politicians, while some of them are incredibly wonderful, some of them um, cater to a lot of different interests. And so you can kind of be in a, you know, almost a shoving contest trying to make sure that your needs are heard by politicians. But um, that's another place where we're, we are establishing relationships with key politicians from our area. And then if you've got a concern on a particular um, policy issue, pertaining to you know your place in this community then then we may be able to be a resource for you there as well and um, we're certainly happy to try and and again I think for me Chama Peak Land Alliance is is all about being a resource for the landowners in this area and there's always things that that we can separate ourselves and each other with and I love that that we try and come together um, with Chama Peak Land Alliance and so I think there's some really good work that has been done and, and will continue to be done by Chama Peak Land Alliance. And it's exciting to be able to be a part of it. And I look forward to continuing um, the work that I get to do with Chama Peak Land Alliance. Um, I've spent a lot of time this summer on the ground learning about riparian projects through the um, Salazar Center cohort program. We got a small seed grant to look at some riparian work in this area. And so I've gotten to, um, look at riparian projects through the eyes of, of ecologists and 
and um, bring to the table my view as as a rancher and um, I'm just learning a lot and and it's you know I, I have often joked over the years um, we've had neighbors and friends and folks that don't know anything about agriculture and um, they want to learn it and, and often kind of expect to learn it um, you know in a few weeks and that's just not how agriculture works and I can now say that I was that naive person about the riparian work um, <clears throat> I think I could spend the rest of my life working learning and working on riparian stuff and still not know all there is to know but I'm really appreciating the opportunity and so um, for those of you out there in in the radio world <clears throat> listening if you've got riparian um, expertise that you'd love to share with me I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee and and pick your brain and learn more from that because I'm doing um, this kind of deep dive into riparian work that I'm getting to take and um, hopefully we'll make that a resource again um, as we go forward for Chalma Peak Land Alliance members so what is Chalma Peak Land Alliance it's a, a, a really diverse wonderful group of landowners um, reaching from Abiquiu clear up to Pagosa we kind of use the San Juan Chama watershed um, outline as, as kind of a, as an outline for us of, of our region. And it's a spectacular and special area um, with roughly 1.4 million acres. Uh, and again, about half of that is held by private lands. And so the private landowners in this area are such an integral part of the health and ecology of this area. And so Chama Peak Land Alliance is just a resource for you folks that are out there. And so if you haven't joined, um, please consider joining. It's Our website is chamapeak.org. And we always welcome membership and new ideas and direction. Um, we do some really fun projects, like one that's near and dear to my heart is the Firewood for Seniors project. And we are currently putting this year's wood together for that and working with um, several volunteers, Dan Rios and several others to um, make it another year for Firewood for Seniors. And I should have sign up information starting in the next few weeks. So for those of you that are listening and you're interested in the Firewood for Seniors program, stay tuned and um, hopefully we'll have some sign up information rolling out pretty quick. Um, and just one other reminder, County Fair is coming up. So for those of you that are thinking ahead and want to maybe support the county fair kids, the 4-H and FFA youth of Rio Reba County or Archuleta County or um, various neighboring counties, counties, your county fairs are coming up. And a really wonderful way to support those kids is to consider coming together and maybe as a group or individually and buying um, market animals at county fair. And then you can have those animals processed and you can fill your freezer with beef, with lamb, with pork, um, maybe some chickens or, or meat pen rabbits if that's something that you like. And um, I grew up in that world. I sold 4-H animals and it, it was such a big boost for me going into college um, and learning about business and, and that side of of the industry that I wanted to go into. So it was an incredible opportunity for me. And so we buy animals now um, when we can, sometimes we'll come together with several other friends and family and do what we call a buyer's club and buy something um, and really try and support the efforts of those kids. Because like the steer kids, they bought their animals in October. They've been feeding them since October. If county fair is at the end of July, they've got 
months and months of feed and hard work and making sure their animals have good um, mineral and, and fresh water and grooming them so that they're clean and shiny for fair. So these kids work really hard on these projects and, and we just really enjoy having an opportunity to support them. So just a reminder for you folks, we'll have some fair stuff coming up. And again, the Farm and Ranch radio show is sponsored by Chamapeak Land Alliance. Um, our website is chamapeak.org. And certainly want to thank you for listening to a show today about Chamapeak Land Alliance. If you guys have questions, if you're thinking about being a member or you have an interest in one of our program areas, please feel free to reach out to me. My email is sage at chamapeak.org and I am absolutely here as a resource for you and um, if I don't know I'll try and find somebody who does 